Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. My name is Matt Lilly, if we've never met before, lead pastor here at Coast Vineyard Church. It's just great to see you here at church, great to have you here. And, uh, but yeah, big, big weekend for our family. My daughter got engaged and, uh, and uh, got a, very excited to, uh, about our, adding our new son-in-law to the family. So um, wherever you are, Ben, there he is, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, many of you will know that, and you've probably heard about it um, from a number of different angles, that uh, we had a team that went over to Nepal uh, recently, and uh, just wanted to give you a little bit of, um, a little bit of feedback uh, about that, And because I know that for so many of you were praying for us, had contributed you know, towards that. Um, but uh, so it's about th- uh, we're connecting up with the vineyard churches in the, in the whole Himalayan region there. So it's about 30 churches there. Um, do you want to pop up that slide of the? Um, so that was the um, that was the sixth of the guys that came from. I'm obviously behind the camera there. That went over there. Um, but for those of you that don't know much about Nepal, let me just. There's a map there that we're going to throw up there. So Nepal's right on the top of India there, and uh, so they. The Himalayan ranges, who's heard about the Himalayas? Like, there's some big hills. There's like some, so all of, the, all of the, the, the peaks of all of the highest mountains in the Himalayas is the border, of, is the northern border of Nepal, borders with Tibet or China, depending on who you're talking to. Um, and so, um, you know, so all of the, the peaks, like half of them are on the Nepal side and half of them are on the, um, the Tibetan side. So just to give you a bit of a grid there. Now, there's also... You see India below there, and it sort of does, India does this very sort of sneaky little thing where it sort of sneaks up through that tiny gap and into a place, you can see where it says Sikkim up there? So Sikkim and under there is West Bengal. That little area there, they're Himalayan people. So they speak Nepali, and they, so they're sort of part of that whole Himalayan uh, region there, and they're also looking, exploring um, uh, what it could look like to, to plant churches into Bhutan, which is a very challenging place um, with you know, significant opposition to, uh, to Christianity there. So, uh, but we were primarily went over there to be part of uh, their conference, which was for, I mean, there's a few people there um, that just wanted to get their photo with us, but it was this youth and, uh, youth and young adults conference, uh, 15, ages 15 to about 35. We're part of this, about 280 people that were there. And uh, they did this big photo thing, and they just, I just got this text that said, like, hey, we're going to have some photos. Um, do you want to come on down? And so we, our team came on down, but we didn't realize that you get dressed up for photos. <laughs> so, so we're all in our T-shirts, and they're all in their fancy clothes. So... Um, um, things you learn. Um, some of the people, they, especially those ones from over, over Sikkim and different places, two, took two, it was a two-day trip to get there. Um, so uh, commitment, you know, to, to be part of that. And some of the people that were there came from um, some, some quite, um, I guess, primitive areas uh, in the mountains in Nepal as well. And uh, there's um, one of the things that... Um, on the uh, the church compound that they have in Kathmandu, which is where we were, it's the uh, which is the centre, uh, the biggest city of uh, Nepal. Um, 
they have, uh, the vineyards over there have um, got a lot of funding from, uh, from different places, uh, a lot of business people over in Canada, and they've, uh, they've built this like uh, boutique hotel on site uh, that is going to be used for fun- um, funding the ministry for the vineyard churches going forward. Um, some of, so there's a lift in this, in this hotel, and some of these um, kids that were coming from these primitive uh, regions, they were like, they were just up and down the lift the whole day. They're just like, like, what is this magic? You know, <laughs> like, and they actually had to turn it off the second day because um, <laughs> it was a bummer because we were like staying there. We had to walk up the stairs for um, hardships. Um, and uh, but just to sort of, uh, it was quite. I was like, wonder why the lift, the lift broken. But no, they just turned it off because the kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got asked to speak at a number of sessions at the conference uh, with, a, with a translator, and uh, it kind of sounds like, oh, yeah, that, that's easy, you just talk and then they translate, but you've actually got no idea if they're just saying what you've just said. So you, you, there was times when I'd say something funny and everyone just looks at me, and there are times when I said something serious and they all laughed at me So from the translator. So it was a little bit disconcerting. Um, and uh, but the conference was uh, was called as the slide that you know the, the Holy Spirit led generation, and so we we talked about being filled with the Spirit. We talked about being led by the Spirit. We talked about the power of saying yes to the leading of God. We talked about persevering in your faith, and you know talking about prayer. Um, and it was just such a good time. And um, Jake, uh, our youth pastor, he, uh, he did a, it was quite funny, we arrived and we see the conference schedule and there's a whole thing that Jake's on for like teaching them about youth ministry. So we've got a picture there of, um, of Jake there. So uh, now, oh, that's in the wrong place. Um, is there another picture of there Jake was speaking? No. We'll save that one for later. Anyway. Um, and, uh, and Caitlin, um, our community programs coordinator, oh, there he is. So that was, um, uh, so that, this was their church building that was sort of swings all the way around. There's a bit, like I said, there's about 280 people there. It doesn't, not so many, maybe they didn't come to Jake's session. Um, but um, he, he did a great, uh, great session on just, yeah, just, and, and it's, it's a challenge as a translator, it's the cultural things. Um, and, uh, and then Caitlin uh, was, um, did a session, is there a photo of yep. So the, and that's, that's Noel uh, Isaacs, his, um, he's the national director of the Vineyard Churches over in the Himalayan region here, and um, just a, a remarkable leader, really. And, uh, and his son, uh, Josh, is, comes to our church. Josh is just over there. So, uh, and uh, long story, like how does Josh from um, the Himalayan region end up at Coast Vineyard Church? A great story, but that we're not going to say today. So, uh, so if you know Josh, or if you want to find out more about that, that really was a, um, a series of miraculous things that happened, and uh, and we get, yeah, we're pretty excited to have you around. So uh, we lo- we love Josh. So, okay, what else can we um, can we tell you about? So uh, there's some uh, man. These guys know how to worship. We've got a little video there, like uh, just um, just keep taking these clips of the of the worship. But man, they love to. That's the church building there, just a little little clip. Of it. But they, every time they uh, they'd worship, they they'd get out of their seats and they'd come up, all come up the front. So, uh, what do you reckon? <laughs> um, 
we had the privilege to uh, to pray for uh, for people that we you know we'd, we'd speak and there'd be opportunities where we'd be able to pray. And I'd spoken to our team before. I said, look, you know, when we go to some of these places around the world, some of these developing countries, just I think there's something about the hunger for God that they have that uh, that. We just see a lot of the activity of the Holy Spirit, a lot of the power of God impacting people and uh, in different ways. And because we, we'd done a couple of a few meetings with the team ahead of time, just trying to prepare them as they go, and and um, but they all just still said like it was really surprising. <laughs> um, just um, just seeing um, the power of God. Um, just ministered to these people. I know my daughter Kate was one of the. Um, team that went over there and we were just praying for some of these people and I'm watching her pray and I'm like going like that person you're praying for is going to like the power of God was on them so strong I just I, I knew that they wouldn't be able to stand up and I'm like and sure enough it's like they sort of just fell under the power of God and I could just see Kate trying to grab and just not quite grabbing but there's, but there's so many people up the front it was sort of they sort of fell into someone else and so and I was just looking across and going like Oh man, it's a bit of a bit of a rookie rookie prayer move, Kate. You know, like probably should have probably this is just on my head. You know, I'm thinking this like probably should have seen that coming, and then and then God led me to like pray for this guy, and I just went and pray for him, and he just did exactly the same thing, and I was like trying to grab him, and again fell into people, and and like you might think for some of you that have been around, you know, charismatic Pentecostal things, you might you've probably seen people um, that have been. Um, they have the, the Spirit of God come on them in a way where they can't stand. But then a lot of you might go like, oh, man, is that really happening? Or are they being pushed or tripped? Or, or are they just doing that because they think that's what you're supposed to do? And, uh, but, like, there was – I get that. And I think it's good to, like, kind of, like, turn your brain on when these things are happening and try and, like, you know, like, what's happening here? And, but there was another guy that I prayed for. He was already sitting down. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm praying for him, and it was just like gravity doubled. Like, it was like he's in his seat, and he's just like, like, you, if he was standing, he wouldn't have been able to stand. And it's like, you kind of know, well, no one's pushing him, no one's, yeah, but he's in his seat, and he's just let <laughs> a slide off his seat. And, and it was just, it was just this, I know you kind of, the challenge is like to know what's, um, what's happening, uh, because there's language challenges. Um, but very clearly, the power of God was there. There was another guy, um, or there's a, um, a young lady that I uh, prayed for, and she just started like wailing, screaming, and I'm just thinking like, and the challenge is always like, is this an emotional response to something that God's doing? Is this, um, is this a, uh, a demonic manifestation? And the challenge with the language is that like, uh, it's hard to ask. Like normally, I normally I just sort of stop, and you know, some of those things are happening, and I say, like, you know, so t- tell me what's happening. And um, but one of the pastors was was there, so I said to him, I said, could you ask her what's happening? And he sort of stopped and he looked at me for a minute, and then he said, she's screaming. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I I I, I got that bit, but like, like. I'm just like wanting you to ask her what's, and so anyway, we, we got there. Um, but there was just some lovely things that were happening, and you know, these kids were coming up, and kids, you know, 15 to 35 year olds, but, but God was, was working in them, and, and we're just there, you know, we're, um, we're, we're not bringing anything, it's just that we're just 
part of the conference and joining in with them. We've just gone to serve and to pray and, and to be with, uh, be with friends. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, stepping out to do something for God always results in us growing. And uh, so um, could I just um, say as well that um, so many of you contributed financially. We said, look, we, would, you know, we wanted to be able to fund this whole conference. And um, we gave the invitation, would you like to contribute towards this? Because, as I said, Nepal's in a very you know, interesting place where the transition from um, the old ways of doing things to more modern ways of doing things is just rapid. You know, like, um, even, even looking there in that photo, like, not, like there's a f- mo- more sort of Western clothing than traditional Nepali clothing. Just an interesting transition of like the, the countries in. And probably, uh, if they'd have had one of these maybe 15 years ago, very, very few of them would have been able to speak English. And I was sort of asking them, how many people here speak English? Not that speaking English is the, you know, is the greatest thing in the world, but it's just a reflection of the education levels. And they said probably about 80% of the people here would be able to possibly you know, grasp what you're saying in conversation. And some of them are just very fluent in, in English. Just interesting, interesting time. But, um, but as a church, like, um, we gave um, about $17,000 towards that, which was, and just so thank you for the, your, your generosity towards that. And what that covered was it covered travel for everyone to get there. Now coming from that, across that whole Himalayan region, like say some of them busing for two days to get there. Lots of them like busing for two days to get there. Um, uh, at the conference, um, everyone that was everyone stayed on the site, so uh, they were just everywhere. There was um, there was tents on top of roofs. You've seen tents on top of roofs before, um, and uh, but uh, they were being fed three meals a day. Every every um, everyone got three meals a day. Uh, so it was curry for breakfast. Uh, and lunch and dinner. So um, and uh, but great um, great food. Uh, a lot of just consumables on site, but all the conference costs were, were covered by our, our giving. So just amazing, um, and they were all so so very grateful. And they they wanted to send a little video, so we're going to got a little video of them, and um, they wanted to say a thank you. Now, when you look up how do you say hello in Nepali, uh, what comes up is Namaste. Now, Namaste is probably something that you've heard. It's actually a Hindu greeting, and so they say we don't want to we don't want to use that greeting. So they say Jai Masih, which means Jesus is victorious. So what you're going to hear them say here, they're going to they're going to say um, Jai Masih, then they're going to say thank you, Coast Vineyard. So just it's a little bit hard to hear. So, uh, but just they they just wanted to to share this with you. We love you, bye-bye. So uh, that, was, uh, that was great. But, uh, but thank you. Um, amazing. On the weekend, we got asked to speak at some, uh, some churches. And uh, so the team sort of went to different places. Um, Jake, I think, is the first one there. No, that's, yes, no. So that was Jake speaking at this church um, called uh, Cotgown. It's on, just on the outside the outskirts of Kathmandu there. Um, and that's um, uh, Raju who was uh, translating for him. And uh, he sent me a bunch of other you know, cool videos of showing them worship and, and everything. And Caitlin uh, spoke at Chumpy. 
uh, which was the one, the, the three slides before. So let's uh, just keep going. The, the, so that's, that's the church building in Chumpy. Again, it's just uh, on the outskirts of Kathmandu and one of the villages there. And uh, that's them on the, in, on the inside worshipping away. So, um, so, and then um, a couple of us were at the, the vineyard in Kathmandu. Um, so one of the other things, are you, are, you, are you okay hearing about this? Okay, I might teach a little bit of something uh, a little bit later, but just giving you an update because, like, it felt like our whole church was was you know part of this. So, um, one of the things that uh, yeah, this, this, we'll keep that one up there. It's great. So, um, we they do a, a tremendous amount of ministry to the poor there, and there is such there is such poverty there. So, um, the, the way that the church started was. Um, by them going down to the the riverbanks, and there are people living on the riverbanks because, like, like, and it's all squatters and illegal. I mean, you don't want to live on the riverbank because what happens in monsoon season is that your feet get wet. Well, no, seriously, like the whole place floods. All these places flood in monsoon season, but that's why that's why the land is it's it's not not somewhere you want to build. But then they've got nowhere else to go. And so you might think that's quite an established building. All of these buildings are illegal and they've been built up and they get flooded every year. And, uh, but uh, out of the ministry that they do there, the challenge with, uh, with being there is, um, with, with this, this kind of ministry is that a lot of these people that are there, they're so poor that they, they, if they, they might earn you know, such a small amount of money you'll get such every week, and like it would, they'd have to spend like half of of that whole thing just on the bus getting to church and back if they were going to go to church. So they've think they're like, well, let, let's do church where they are. Let's do church where they are. And this, um, like I say, this is an illegal little room that's been built on the side of the riverbank there, but they're renting off off the guy who built the illegal room. So they've got this meeting space where they can, when they come down to the riverbank and then they'll just let people know like, okay, we're here, come. And, and there's just opportunity for prayer. Um, they will often, uh, they'll take um, food resources uh, and, um, and, and just, uh, and so we, we had a bit of a wander around there and um, there was a couple of people that were very, very unwell that we had the you know, chance to pray for. Noel, dis- Noel um, came with disappeared for a big chunk of the time it was because someone there had um, um, was talking to him about their their health challenges and uh, and it was like depression and and he just spent the time talking and praying with them while we were sort of walking around and and that's kind of the, what they do they just are always looking out for like opportunities to be able to bring the kingdom um, of God now there's a lady in the right in the middle with the yellow skirt there, um, she uh, when they first went over to the vineyard, uh, the vineyard first got started over there. Like I said, they just went to the riverbanks to to minister to people. And a lot of them are just living in, you know, under um, you know plastic little houses, and and uh, and so that's um, uh, uh, Umila, uh, and she. Um, Noel had, and some of the others that were down there, right when the vineyard first got started, uh, had, had met her and were, were getting to know her. And, uh, and she, um, there was this one time where she came and she, was, she could hardly walk. And Noel's going, what's wrong? And she said, like, my, my boyfriend, he, 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 he beat me, beat me with a steel bar. And, uh, 
and she could hardly move, and, and Noel just said, well, uh, uh, let me pray for you, and he, and he prayed for her, and he, he was telling us the story, and he said that, like, she actually, just when he prayed for her, she actually went, you know, it was like, he said it was like a gust of wind picked her up, and she went, like, you know, about five, five meters away, landed about five meters away as he prayed, and then, and he was just like, what was that? And then you know, she gets up and she's like, oh, that's better. That feels better. <laughs> Completely healed by the power of God. And she said, what was that? And he was able to tell her, just, this is, this is the, the love of Jesus for you. Now she's, now she's the key lady that's helping out down the riverbank there. She's been with him 25 years and beautiful lady. So, um, so it was a great opportunity to, um, uh, t- to meet her. Um, So before, we, before the team sort of disbanded and sort of headed back uh, towards New Zealand, um, we just spent a couple of days with, uh, with some of the uh, young people who you know, had stayed behind after the conference and also spent some time with their pastors. But is there a photo of like five guys? So this is a number of the pastors that are um, ministering in different places. Um, now, this guy to and from the left, like hearing his story, that's um, uh, Silas or Silas, and, uh, and he, um, he used to be a terrorist, like, or a guerrilla, a guerrilla um, uh, in, uh, in India, in that northern part of India, they, like, years and years ago, they were trying to um, take that back off India through, you know, um, Basically, guerrilla war tactics, and it was it was full on. The Indian Army were there trying to um, trying to crush that, and uh, and he was um, he was one of those guys that was like doing some pretty full on things um, as a you know trying to get this land back. Anyway, he got caught by the Indian Army, and what they would do is that um, it's a bit full on, but they would bury people up to their neck and interrogate them, and they were ready to execute him, and uh, they were just waiting for the, the captain of the military group to come back to give the uh, orders to, um, uh, to execute him. And, um, and I, the, again, Noel was telling me this, this story. The captain of this group was Noel's cousin. He's a Christian guy. And um, came back, and, and they felt like God said to him, I'd like, save this guy's life, preserve this guy's life. And um, for, anyway, so they dig him out, and um, and this guy ended up um, at some point went to see Noel's father, who was also a pastor, and um, and Noel's father led him to Jesus. But when he came in, he had like guns, like like guns on his on the side, and he was like, he's a pretty um, pretty full on guy. And um, now he's one of their pastors, like in one of the churches in northern India, and uh, um, just beautiful man like um and his last name is rye and my son-in-law is uh, who married my eldest daughter is kieran rye and so i just keep saying like we're family and he just the whole time he was like coming up give me a big hug family and I'm like, uh, that was great <coughs> family so um but like i say like we we learned so much more than than we gave um you know, you just serve, and you're spending time, uh, but just so grateful, you know, for being there. Um, they, they were grateful for us being there, but our team just got so much more out of it. Um, and I'm going to talk about that uh, shortly. So, um, 
So I was actually away for about um, three and a half weeks. I took two weeks leave and went hiking. I actually hiked up to um, Everest Base Camp, which was, um, yeah, yeah. It was quite high. Uh, it was quite, quite, well, it was had an absolute blast. But when I came back, went with Noel, we went up to Pokoro, which is another um, uh, second biggest city in, um, in Nepal. Uh, and there's a vineyard church that they'd planted up there in the middle of you know, in the middle of COVID, and it's one of the fastest growing, growing fastest growing vineyard churches up there. Um, just some great leaders there. And there's a slide there of the of the church because they're actually in the middle of. Um, uh, is there is there one before that? Okay, so that's the church. No, no, just back another one. Okay, so. This bridge is just under construction. It hasn't been built yet. This guy found out that the council were, were building this bridge, and he bought all the land on the other side. <laughs> and, um, but then he gave this piece of land with the blue roof as their church. So he gave that uh, land to, so the church, this church could be built in Pokhara. And um, can you see that mountain in the background? Like That's like 7,000 metres. That's nearly twice as high as Mount Cook. <laughs> It's just sitting there, like behind um, behind the church. It's an incredible place, Pukara. But uh, yeah, so just click through those slides. Um, so they're, they're working on uh, this church, and they are hoping to have it ready for their church services uh, in uh, for Christmas Day. Um, so it's all sort of go interesting. Just again, the challenge of of the, getting the funds and everything. One of the things that was super interesting was that. Um, when they did all the sums, working out all of the costs of the conference uh, there, and Noel said, like, we've actually, you know, we've, you guys have given us more than, than we actually needed for the conference. One of the things is that, like, it's interesting being in Nepal because India, um, so much of, their, of everything comes from India, and India just turns things off and on as they want to, just, like, to keep reminding Nepal that they're the little brother and we'll, you know, we'll do what we like. And they turned off sugar. Like, so they'd asked, you know, the guys that came over from India, could you just, like, you know, bring, you know, pellets full of sugar over and for the conference? But there's just different... Anyway, they, they bought different places, bought food, but they had some money left over. And Noel says, what, you know, can I make a suggestion that, that we, um, we can we give some of this money towards helping them finish their, this church up at Pokhara? And I know that we invited you guys to give towards the conference but I sort of made a, like a, a, an executive decision to say, like, yes, we'll, we'll do that. So, so we're able to give 100,000 rupees, <laughs> which actually is a lot of money over there. It's about $1,500. So it's, uh, 100,000 rupees sounds so much better, though, doesn't it? Um, and, um, and that's just going to... And that, you get no idea how far that goes in, uh, in Nepal. So they were just... So we're able to... Do, and just, did we see that slide of the people there? So this, so this is some of the, the guy in the pink shirt. That's their pastor and his wife um, next to her, uh, next to him there. And um, and we were just able to spend some time. And but like you, you, like tears to their eyes when the, you know, Noel said like this is this gift from from New Zealand to, towards your church building to be able to get things finished because they are you know like anyway. So thank you again, Coast Vineyard Church, for um, for being able to sow into into there. All right. Um, hey, I just, um, I like I'm supposed to be doing a Christmas message, but I just want to, um, <laughs> I just want to talk about a couple of things that I felt was, um, that God spoke to me 
and challenged me, and I feel like I'm wanting to bring that challenge for all of us. I know that there's some Sundays we come to church and we hear about the, the love of God. The, the, we, we heard about it in communion, about how God's love for us is, is freely given, his forgiveness, his acceptance, his welcome, his embrace, his invitation into all the things of the kingdom. It's like, come, come as you are, come freely, come. And, um, and those are good messages to hear. And other, me- other times we get messages of like challenge. And so this is going to be one of those things. I'd just like to put a couple of things in front of you. Because I feel like God is, um, has got some things for us. And uh, so the first thing is that I want to put out in front of you guys is that I feel like, you know, that God spoke to me a bit when I was over there, is that God visits where he is welcome. God visits where he is welcome. Just looking at the hunger of these people and just, and uh, like when the very first message that I spoke was about being filled with the spirit. And I just knew that there was, that God, just like as I was praying, I could just, just knew that God was going to really meet with people um, after this message. But I'm thinking like, oh, what I'll do is I'll just get people to stand and then I'll just invite the spirit of God to come and, and fill people either for the first time or fill them afresh. And so in my mind, I'm thinking like, um, People will just stand, and I just know the Spirit of God is going to come. So I said, like, so like, um, I, I said, like, who, who would like to be um, filled with the Spirit this morning? And they're all pretty excited. And I said, why don't you stand? So they stand, and they come running up the front. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so we're up the front now. That's fine. That'll, that'll, that'll work. Um, but just this hunger, just this hunger. It's just a reflection of their hunger for God. And, uh, you know, I heard a preacher recently talked about, he's done all this um, reading about all these historic revivals. And uh, he, he said, like, it's, it's you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out the formula. How, how do you get the formula right so that God will come and revival and, and people everywhere will come to know him and, and communities will be transformed? And, and um, is there, a, you know, but the, and there is no formula. Let's just know that God is often very sovereign in these things. But he said, like, there's one thing that seemed to be a common theme through these things is that um, there, was a, there was just a hunger in people for God. And they were just, they were the hunger for the, for the Spirit of God. And... Uh, And you could just see, you could see there's just an openness to, to the work of the Spirit. And, um, and, and I, as I talk with, with the guys over there, the pastors of the different churches and, and the young people as well, it's like they, they, want, they want God. They pray. They, they pray a lot. They, they fast. They, they fast every week. They're, they're fasting. They, they're relying on God. You know, they are led by God. They want more of God in their lives. And uh, I was just talking to um, a pastor friend just yesterday, and um, and he was he'd recently been to a um, on a mission trip over into a different part of Asia as well. And he was saying, like, you know, how is it that they're so hungry over there, but it doesn't seem to be the same back here? And I was like, well, maybe it's the same. Maybe we're just a little bit chill, you know, um, or maybe we need to hear that challenge is like you know do we want more of god it's the challenge is over there like if they got medical things going on you know what the first thing they do is they pray you know if they've got challenges in their life or needs or you know the first thing that they do is they pray 
And, uh, you know, for us, it's often the, the, the last resort, like, you know, like, oh, I've tried everything else, and, like, maybe we'll pray. So, anyway, I wanted to um, throw that your way, that uh, in your life and in your faith and your journey with God, like, I, do you want more of God? The, 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 the invitation of God is that, like, there is so much for us in the kingdom of God. There is so much um, that God is wanting to, to pour into us in, in terms of um, who we're becoming, um, as well as the invitation and to, to step into um, to the things that he would invite us to do to, to change our communities. Um, but are we, are we hungry for God? And like, I, to be honest, like when, um, when I was talking with this friend of mine yesterday, I'm, I'm going like, and there's been seasons in my life when I have been so much, had such a, a deeper hunger for the things of God. And, and my prayer was, God, lead me back into that again. Um, another thing that I felt, again, to, um, to throw out there is uh, we have to be sowing into our, uh, our young people and our young leaders. Again, this um, this pastor friend of mine yesterday, we were talking about um, they're really just out, that so many um, of of our young adults across the churches across the coast have just emptied out, um, and we're like, where are they going? Why have they gone? What, you know, what's what are they doing? And, um, and uh, for for the vineyards in the Himalayan regions, there, especially for Noel as the national director up there, um, he's saying that his top priority is raising up young leaders. And raising up, uh, and that's why you know part of this conference is, is part of that. But just identifying like people to invite them in to become interns and trained to be pastors and planting churches, and you know that's um, and uh, you know we need to figure that out for us as well. We really do. Um, and you know one of the things we're we're scratching our heads around is like do we do we hire a young adults pastor? To, to be just bring some, you know, it's kind of like putting your money where your, your, um, your priorities are. And, uh, but we don't have budget for it. And so I'm thinking, like, if that's a priority for us, we're going to have to figure this out. And it's probably going to be that we as a church need to be thinking, like, that's something that would be worth sowing into. Um, and, uh, again, just putting that there um, for you to ponder on your Christmas break. The last thing I just wanted to say is... Um, and uh, just uh, as we sort of land this is, um, and I know I'm supposed to be talking about Christmas, but, um, but um, Merry Christmas. Um, 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 is just not to lose sight of what's the most important things. And, uh, you know, in church life, there's so much going on and so much good things, and it's all good things. Um, but, um, but just looking at the churches there, so in India, so some of the vineyard churches were in that little piece of India there, uh, in that Himalayan region. Uh, in India, they allow Christian churches, that's all fine. In Nepal, in Nepal they don't allow Christian churches. So you, can't, you cannot be a church. 
at the church that uh, where they are, there's no signs on the on the compound saying you know there's no there's no website you can find. Um, so the if you look about the read about the Nepali government, you'll read that they are tolerant, you know, religiously tolerant, but they're not not towards Christians. It's primarily a Hindu country, um, probably like 80% Hindu, maybe. Um, or it depends how you read the stats, but you know. Um, a lot of Buddhists up in the um, in the mountains, um, and if you read the stats, they say it's like about one percent Christian or two percent Christian. But they, the stats are rubbish because there's a lot more Christians that are that are up there. Um, but the church is pretty much underground. Like um, the money that we um, that you guys gave, we had to get it out in cash in US dollars and be very careful as we went over. Um, me and Jake sort of split it up. So I'm thinking like Jake would probably be able to fight people off. I'd probably just give it to them if they needed. But um, um, if we got robbed, but. Um, but if you send money over there to like a bank, like you normally do with international transfers, the bank has to alert the government, and the government then come and say, what's this for? And they go, oh, it's for church. And they go, well, we'll have it. And they just take it. So um, it's illegal to proselytize, which means it's illegal to try and, you know, uh, invite people to become Christians. So, um, and, <laughs> so like, well, how did those, all these churches happen? Well, um, again, they... We'll, we'll talk about it in, in a minute. But uh, people get baptized, when they get baptized, um, they don't do it on a Sunday. It's like they've got like massive security on the front gates there, and only people that they know uh, are allowed in uh, because the government will send spies in to see what they're doing. When people get baptized, they get people to sign a disclaimer saying, like, you know, I'm doing this of my own free will, just in case the government come in and saying, like, you made this person become a Christian, um, you know, we're going to arrest you. So they, get, have to, they have to get them to sign this just to say, no, these people are doing this because they actually have fallen in love with Jesus and they just want to give everything to him. And and they're doing it for their own free will. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christians in New Zealand, especially over the COVID season, over the, you know, the, so many things have been happening with the government, uh, the previous government, where there are a lot of uh, law changes that were, were pushed through that, you know, for us as Christians, we're going like, man, that is so not like the way that God is inviting us to, you know, to live biblically. And, and there was a lot of people were going, you know, they were, they were, they're getting so agitated and frustrated about certain things, and they they made this is the biggest thing that I'm wanting to um, to, to get. I want to get sorted out, like in my country. And I'm I'm looking at Nepal and the Himalayan churches there. It's like none of that's even a thing. Like they they can't expect the government to to, to do anything for them. Um, even the government um, um, the government goes into the villages. Or no. no Politicians go into the village and go to the key guy up in a village and say, like, oh, if you, if you get the whole village to vote for me, we'll give you all this money. And they're going, like, well, like, government, it doesn't matter which government gets in, it's not going to make, no one's going to do anything for us anyway, so we might as well take the money. So it's like, it's just, you know, the whole thing's just, just corrupt. And, and um, I've seen Fiona down there. Fiona was born in Pukara and, uh, uh, in Nepal. So, um, our Nepali friend, Fiona Brown. If you know Fiona, did you know that she was a Nepali? So, um, but over there, like the the government, you know, they're doing all sorts of things that are, you know, but they just they just focus on what's most important, and what that is is that they are just every day, like looking to see what God is doing, 
in the people that they bump into. The guy, that, that video that we showed you um, where there was the, the worship and the guy was leading, you know, that's uh, Michelle. He's, uh, um, he was a, um, he lived on the street where the church is and uh, he is, he was just like some kind of skater hood that was, you know, cruising around just, and, uh, and one day, like, he just came off his skateboard right outside the church and just made a mess of himself. And, and they just, you know, took him in and fixed him up and then just became friends and, uh, and introduced him to Jesus. And, and, uh, and now he's, like, overseeing all of the youth stuff over the whole of the Himalayan region. Um, got um, prayed for while we were there. But they're just looking to see what God's, what God's doing. And then they'll often have opportunities to pray for people in their situation and the kingdom of God will break in. And people will go, like, what? What just happened? He says, well, this is Jesus showing his love for you. And, uh, and they get the opportunity to, um, to talk to people about Jesus. So much of this, um, and Amy um, touched on it, um, talked about it with the communion thing there. Um, you know, Hinduism and, and Buddhism is, you, know, you think Buddhism, oh, it's all just you know, peace and light. And, but it's actually, Hinduism in particular, but both of those religions are actually very oppressive because always asking, demanding things from people. It's like you do this and then, and then God's going to like you. You've got to keep doing this and then you've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep doing it. They, um, you Google like, how many Hindu gods are there. Like, because we were told that there was like 33 million Hindu gods. And uh, I thought, like, is there really 33 million Hindu gods? So I thought I'd better Google this up. Just don't want to, you know. And then it says, like, well, some people say 33 million. Some people say 330, no, 330 million gods. And uh, it's like, but uh, man manufactured by man's religion. And... uh, but all of them are demanding things from you. They're saying, like, you have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do this. It's just what Amy talked about. Um, it's like, don't break the rules. Do this. You know, if you're going to please God, you have to do this. If, uh, and the people are just under such spiritual weight of this. They're just, like, being crushed under the weight of this. And then when they hear about Jesus, they hear about one God who loves them and wants to just freely offer them forgiveness and life and hope and peace and um, and and they they meet Jesus and they encounter Jesus and they say yes to Jesus and they they will will follow Jesus even knowing that it means their whole family is going to reject them their whole family is going to reject them for becoming a Christian but they go it's worth it because I I have met the God who loves me and has lifted all this weight off me and has given me freedom and life and hope. And it's just such a cool... And and friends, like, this is what I wanted to put to us as a challenge, is that, that, you know, Kiwis... And I know we've got a mix of... We've got people from all over the world here, but, like, like for Kiwis, we're we're a little bit... um, we're a little bit insecure, and we're a little bit um, worried about uh, people liking us, worried about being, we don't like being rejected. And, and uh, so to tell people um, about, a, about Jesus and say, like, hey, you know, the way you, you know, you're living life, you know, in a way that's not the way God made, made for you. And we really, um, because of, because I want the best for you, I want you to find Jesus and find freedom and life and, and meaning and purpose and like you're knowing why you've been, you know, you're on this planet. 
But we don't like doing that because it means that we're going to be asking people, yes, but you're going to have to change your life. And we go, well, what if people don't want to change their lives? And what if, and what if then they'll like, they won't like me anymore? And, and so we don't. And I get it. Like, I get it. Like, but I think we just have to, like, we, we really do. We have to get back to being people that are looking out for, um, for people that are lost, that may not know they're lost, looking out for people that are, that are hurting, looking out for everyone, really, and just say, like, hey, there's life to be found in God. And that's, that's one of the most important things that we can do. We, um, I just want to keep talking. It's half past 11. I'll tell you one more story. Eh? No. Will I? I'll tell you very, half the people who say, like, don't you dare go on any longer. <laughs> on my hike, I met this lady who, right at the highest um, little accommodation place we stayed at, um, at Gorick Ship, right up, um, you know, 5,000 meters elevation. And um, she, uh, her, her parents owned this accommodation place. It's like, and uh, so she grew up just, you know, her playground was the, you know, the, the Himalayas. And, um, and uh, her parents, obviously, were doing the accommodation, had sent her to, sent her to boarding school when she was quite young into Kathmandu. She went through, you know, school, went through university, got a law degree, did a master's, and now she's practicing law in Kathmandu. And she comes up every, you know, for about six or eight weeks a year just to help them, with, <laughs> make sure they're, like, doing everything legally. Um, and I just got talking to her, and, um, and, you know, she's a Buddhist, and we just talked about how we're Christians, and, we just talk, and she just said, like, she said, like, I know so many people that are becoming Christians. I know so many people that are becoming Christians. And I was like, isn't that interesting? And I was just talking to Noel about it, and he said, like, it's people just wanting to, to, to find the freedom of, of life in, in God. And, like, I know that we don't have the, the Hindu oppression, but, like, people are under oppression here in different kinds of ways, and they just need to find this, this freedom and, and life in God. And so, church, we're going to be, you know, next year is going to be, like, you know, this year was like, yeah, we're still catching our breath from COVID. Next year, like, let's, let's go. Let's go and let's, let's, let's reach out into our community and figure out like how we can invite people and how we can go, like the people, um, how they went to the riverbank and did a church there. Um, like how we, we, are there places we need to go to? Like maybe the, that people that can't come to church, you know, maybe like the, um, some of these you know, rest homes, retirement villages and places that people struggle to get to church. Maybe we need to go there. You know, maybe there's, maybe we need to do a, a, another, uh, like a church thingy up in Whangaparaa Township where people from Gulf Harbour thinking like, oh, really, I don't want to go there on a Sunday, it's too far. Well, let's, let's, let's come closer. I don't know, but we, we just have to, as a church, let's, let's figure this out together because the invitation, you know, for us is, is that Jesus said is like, go into the whole world and make disciples. Make disciples, and then it's just like help people to find a life in God, and help them people to know what it is to live in God, because that's where life, life, the life that that is meant to be lived, is found. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church, Fano, or you'd like to touch base then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.